Welcome to the Get to Vet podcast, where we bridge the knowledge gaps in the military transition process so you can focus on what's ahead. Hey, Get to Vet listeners, this is Mike. And now for my personal disclaimer, although I am active duty military, I'm not an official spokesperson of the United States Navy. Any of my views expressed on the Get to Vet podcast are based on my personal experience. Thanks for listening. Hey there, Get to Vet. Trevor Maxwell here. And uh, with me as always is, uh, it looks like you got a tan there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got burnt the hell up yesterday on the golf yeah. course. Burnt the hell up, Mike Riggs. Oh, hey, yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> today's going to be a little bit different episode than normal. Um, we're here today to toast a, a good friend of ours and, and one of the guys who was kind of the impetus of of my journey getting out of the military, but uh, we're here to wish uh, Scotty Dayton a happy birthday. So um, happy birthday, Scotty. Happy birthday, Scotty. Happy birthday, brother. Quick, quick disclaimer here. We got a couple of guys that are active duty. So we just wanted to put this out here. Anything that's said on here, these guys are not spokesmen for the U S Navy, even though they're active duty. Um, anything they see on here is their own personal opinions and in no way reflects uh, the opinions or positions of the United States Naval Service. So with that being said, let's uh, let's uh, go ahead and introduce guys, introduce yourselves. Uh, this is Mike Dial. Do I do more of an introduction than that? This is my first <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, no. no that's how far is too far. We're, we're going to leave that just like it is. So, uh, that was uh, just a tip, Mike, just a tip. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And I know somebody else is going to go way more than the tip. <laughs> I'll try to go all the way in, but it won't be very far. It's Tom Matney. Yeah, that's not that far anyways. And last but not least, we got our Army brethren here. What's up, fellas? Jimmy Adams. All right. So, hey, yeah, really, we just wanted to get everybody on here and uh, celebrate our friend Scott Dayton. His birthday is here in a couple weeks. And so we thought we would uh, do kind of a birthday special here and drink some beers and, and talk shit and love on Scott. So Tom, <laughs> I'm, I'm just laughing right now. Just thinking about having Tommy and Mike on here too. Cause uh, we used to work together at the training unit and uh, in nukes division. And it was probably the most fun I'd had at any point in time in my career. Uh, I, I don't know how the hell they let all of us work together, but uh, completely agree. Highly inappropriate every day. <laughs> I always yes. go back to that prank war that you guys had going on, Mike, you and Scotty, and then it turned into the shredder paper. But that that uh, we went out for beers at Buffalo Wild Wings afterwards, and we we're taking photos of his shoes because he had a bunch of shredder paper underneath his stool. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good sign. So I'll give some context there. Um, well, I think he, Mike had, like, had just checked into the training unit and he had this uh, kit bag or something that was still over at your old command. Yeah, and... someone found it and brought it back to me, but they left it in the office with Scott. And when they told me it was there, I rushed down to go find it because I was hoping he wouldn't have a chance to do anything to it. But he had emptied uh, like a whole full thing of shredder paper everywhere in my bag. And so the next day uh, I saw his truck at work and I was like, there's no way he was dumb enough to 
pull a prank like that on me and not lock his truck. But lo and behold, he was that dumb. So I went to every other shredder. In oh, you like can, you can, and you, I can you can say what you really said on here. We love cuss words. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like five. You said this motherfucker is not that stupid. Yeah. So the whole yeah. back of his truck got filled with shredder paper. The, the best part, my favorite part, was that you had me and Eric Frampton, who was a former EOD Group 2 Command Master Chief, pulling watch duty for you to make sure you can do it. <laughs> oh, man, we used to do so much messed up shit with him. I remember my favorite was Taylor, uh, which I should have got him on here, too. Scott hated the smell of cocoa butter and, and I don't know why, but so for whatever reason he hated it. So me and Taylor went and got this tub of cocoa butter and every day at work, Taylor would just rub it under the lapel there on his uniform. So Scott would put his uniform on and he would just sit there and like, what the hell is that fucking smell? <laughs> oh man. Those two went at it like nobody's business for two years. They went at it. Oh God. Yeah. So the, the best was Taylor got pissed off because me and him had to go up to Bacabo on deployment and you, Mike, you and Scott came into town and Scott brought his cock and balls stencil and went into the tent that Taylor was staying in and just stenciled all of his shit, like his blanket, his sleeping bag. <laughs> and Taylor got so mad. He's like, Scott, you know what, bro? I'm just I'm just gonna have to maintain a strictly relational, uh, strictly professional relationship from you from now on, Petty Officer Dayton. <laughs> and I totally fueled that whole thing because during the turnover mission with the the guys we were leaving, they had like a photo op with the Iraqi SWAT guys, and Scott's clear at the end. And that Iraqi SWAT guy reaches down and grabs Scott's hand for the photo. And you can just see the look of absolute disgust on Scott's face for that photo. And I got it and sent it right over. As soon as I got it, I sent it right over to you guys. And you guys, I mean, it was at every mobile unit in the U.S. <laughs> Navy within probably an hour. And yep. it was at the, it was on the questions, like at the end of every every mission brief, it was any questions and Scott's you know, just pure look of disgust on his face. And and he thought that, that Taylor sent it out. And I just sat there and played, you know, dumb, innocent for, for the better part of, you know, six months about the whole thing. And it just fueled Scott and Taylor just going at it for the entire, every time we'd go to Baghdad, they, Scott was just dead set on doing something to, to Taylor for sending that picture out. Cause there were dudes from the Creek calling Oh, hey, that's an awesome photo there you got, you know, and <laughs> they did caricatures of Scott holding that guy's hand. It was, you know, and they, they always called him Scooter and it really pissed him off too. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but legend has it that the, there's that picture still hanging in the the two troop space there at SEAL Team 2, which I hope it is. I want to have to. <laughs> we need to go by there to... and see if we can a scan yeah. of it or something. <laughs> Well, one of my other favorites was uh, we found this picture of, of Scott during workup over in the, you know, the paint shoot house there on Little Creek. We've one of, there was like a photographer there from the command and they're like taking pictures of everybody. And there's this picture of Scott at high port 
and he's got his ESS goggles with the fans on, the fan on it. And so we we took that picture and made and Taylor's like, oh fuck yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> we went and ran a bunch of copies off with it and made posters. And you guys might remember that we put them up all over the 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 mobile unit. It said, <laughs> "Meet Petty Officer Scott Dayton, father, husband, Navy SEAL." Scott's got what it takes. Thank you, dude. To find out, call one eight hundred USN SEAL. <laughs> he went uh, he went all over the entire command ripping them off and there was one he couldn't get to because it was sitting right next to mike cobble's desk mike cobble was the ops guy and i don't even think he knew it was there like he i remember being in there and scott walked in and and mike cobble just hey brother how you doing and <laughs> you could tell he wanted to rip it off and that photo was taken the same day because roic uh I'll, I'll, I'll keep that nameless, but he had gotten recycled from Shaw's. So he got to go, he got the benefit of further training. So he got to go back out there with my group. And so we're doing the crawl, walk, run. We're out there at the kill house at little Creek. And, and Scott was, was a number two guy. And so Scott goes and grabs the door and grabs the door handle. He's like, and, and he nods to the OIC saying, all right, I'm going to open the door. And, and we're on sim rounds. So Scott, grabs the door handle, nods, he's going to unlock the door, open the door. And as soon as he does, the OIC shoots him in the hand with the sim round. And I'm like, and I'm just standing there like, what? And then, and then the SEAL chief, the troop chief's looking at me like, Mike, what What the hell was that? What, like, is that a joke? Or is that? And I'm like, no, no, man, that, that's not a joke. That, and we had to walk away and, and man, it was just, and Scott was just furious because he didn't like him. I mean, y'all went to school together. It was just, <laughs> it was, it was tragic. <laughs> it was just, well, to be fair, his strength laid more in the katana than, than guns. It, true. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> well, you got it, Jimmy. Well, I know you got some stories. Were you with him on that last deployment? You're still muted. I was not, I was not on that deployment. That was my first one that I didn't go on. Uh, so I went into retirement process, but I was on the one before that. Um, that one was, we did some cool stuff, man. We were up North. Uh, Scotty did most of it by himself actually. Um, but yeah, we did that deployment together. And then we did that work up prior to, uh, which was like, I don't know, maybe 10 months prior to that. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to go on that one. Unfortunately. Yeah. That was rough, man. That's, I remember getting the news about it. I think I had gotten like five or six phone calls and text messages from people all yeah. in a period of about 10 minutes. Yeah. It sucked because the, I, I was working, I was on user lose leave and he FaceTimed me from somewhere up North. I was in Vegas actually getting ready to get on a flight. And um, I had just, I want to say that was like, it was like two weeks before he, he died. But two weeks before that FaceTime, uh, I was home in Tennessee. And uh, he FaceTimed me. He's like, hey, man, I need a favor. He's like, you know, whatever, brother. What do you need? He's like, dude, I need some liquor up here. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, no problem. You know, what do you want? He's like, dude, just a handle of anything, you know. And I remember Becky and I went to the liquor store. And, uh, you know, I got a handle of everything. You know, I got to handle a gin, handle vodka, handle whiskey, handle rum, handle everything, man. Handle and, malt uh, liquor? No, none of that. But <laughs> when I got to the counter, I remembered 
that uh, that his whole crew, you know, all of 282, when they would come up to Campbell, um, you know, we'd hang out as much as possible. But the last time they came up to Campbell, either before, well, no, it had been before their deployment that I didn't go on. They all came up and they stayed at my house uh, while they were doing whatever uh, with A15. And uh, man, it hit me when I got to the counter at the liquor store. I was like, that son of a bitch, I need to get him back because they had iced the hell out of my workbench and all of my basement. Dude, I'm still finding Smirnoffs in my basement with my call sign on it. So at the liquor store, you know, making this care package for Scotty, dude, I grabbed one of those 99s, you know, those homeless people drinks. Yeah. Dude, I dropped one in there. You know, and, you know, who knows where that box went, but whoever got it, is, is happy but probably sad about that 99 because that'll freaking put you down but yeah i was bummed out obviously for the for the bigger reasons but i often wonder where that box went <laughs> they didn't get you i don't think oh that sucks man yeah yeah sucks bad but the other thing too that was kind of weird was when he facetimed me when i was in vegas i was driving trying to facetime him <laughs> and he he pulled some guy out of frame you know, like some dude was standing out of frame and he, he pulled this guy in the frame and was like, Hey, look, look, who's here. And it, you know, of course everybody's bearded out and you know, they look like a bag of smash assholes anyway. So I, I didn't recognize this dude. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's cool. Hey, what's up, man. And the dude was super pumped up to see me, whoever that guy was. And then uh, <laughs> when, when that dude left, I told Scott, I was like, Hey, is that, is that guy still there? This guy was like, no, he, he's out of the tent. And I was like, dude, who was that? He's like, I don't know, but he says he knows you. Of course, I'll, I'll never know who that guy is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Probably the guy that got all of his liquor. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so you didn't even bother to pour it into Listerine bottles like most people did when they... Dude, I, on the declaration, on the, the customs declaration, I put a uh, lava lamp. <laughs> well played it may not have gone over there it may not have gotten there yeah i don't know i mean i, I would have thought i don't know i guess maybe it would be hard to have your terps go out and get booze like everybody else did uh yeah. in the middle of isis controlled territory but yeah 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 <laughs> but yeah the deployment that deployment um yeah i didn't go on that one man i was actually like in retirement process that was so i mean I think it was about two weeks before they even left on that deployment. That was the last time I had seen them. I was, you know, we had to go into the armory and get all of our stuff to go um, do our seventh group deployment. And, um, you know, I I remember I ran into them and we shot the shit for a few minutes. And I was just like, well, hey, man, whenever you get back, we'll go drink some cold beers together. And he's like, fucking A, bro. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that was, that was the last time I had ever spoken to him. So, yeah, the last time I spoke to him was, uh, at, at, uh, Mike Manthe's hangar. So he was, you know, our troop two was down there for a free fall train up at, uh, MFF solutions. Mm-hmm. And, um, I went down there for work on on uh, terminal leave i missed my flight out of virginia beach so i called scotty and i was like hey dude what are you doing he's like man i'm i'm with troop two 
out at Suffolk. And I was like, sweet. I was like, dude, do you mind if I, if I get your couch tonight? Um, and then I'll Uber to the airport. I missed my flight. And he's like, nah, even better. He's like, just, just come out to the drop zone. He's like, you know, by the time you get here, I might have like a jump or two left. And it was night, night jumps. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I'll come out there. So I went out there and, um, I feel like, yeah, he only had like one jump left, but it was freaking super hot and muggy. And I remember that was when I, I learned that he didn't have AC in that stupid truck. <laughs> like, I don't know how long he had not had AC. That dude's a loser, man. So we were like, <laughs> he had a nice lift kit on it, though. What's that? This is shit. He had a nice lift kit on it, but no, nice AC. Kit, no air conditioning. So he bought that. You want to know the story of that truck? Yeah. <clears throat> he bought that truck when we were out in San Diego for tack trading after we finished COD school. He had another one. He had a regular, like a Dodge Ram 1500. <clears throat> and uh, he, we, me and him drove out to San Diego together. And he was out surfing one day and somebody stole his truck while he was surfing. <laughs> and so he, he wasn't locked. <laughs> yeah. Well, him and Jeff Bunce, like uh, we were, we were at some bar in Ocean Beach and Jeff Bunce walked in wearing a wetsuit. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing wearing a wetsuit? And he's like, somebody school stole Scotty's truck, man. And we all started laughing. And he's like, what's funny about that? They stole his truck. And we started laughing even harder. And uh, so, so Scott bought that truck that, you know, that I think he paid like 23 grand for it. And it was already jacked up and had those huge tires on it. And uh, <clears throat> we drove that back. <laughs> and he kept it ever since but um he loved that thing i just yeah. remember after he got back when we got to to virginia that's when his ac stopped working because he was like every other day he's like well i gotta go to AutoZone and get this shit to recharge the ac it doesn't work and yeah so it's a loser <laughs> and he would run those tires down until they were slicks because i remember he must have had the same set of tires on him from what 2006 until probably at least 2016 because those things were practically bald every time i saw them oh yeah. I... <laughs> oh man all right tommy i gotta hear a, a good uh, scott story from you because well i was just gonna add that he's such a frugal bastard because not only did his truck suck but his wetsuits sucked as well so every time we'd go surfing in january in 40 degree weather in 40 degree water, he'd have these massive holes in his wetsuits that didn't do shit for him to keep him warm. So he'd sit there and freeze his ass off the whole time and complain. I got that. I was going through my pictures the other day. I found that one I took of you guys staring out into the surf, grabbing holding each other's, each other's butt cheeks. <laughs> Dude, that's a great picture. Man. I got to show you the surfboard that the guys had made in Spain for me uh, during one of the memorials that we did. They they had a surfboard shaped for me and then took that photo and had it airbrushed on the bottom side. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty sweet, man. I would probably cry every time I saw that. Was the the surfboard shaped like a big penis? (laughs) No. (laughs) Just curious. Not if it was in Scott's memory. That's true. No. Oh, look at, look at <laughs> yeah. 
been a, would have been a small penis. A flaccid surfboard? It's more like one of those skim boards. And... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, people hear us on here, like, talking shit to them, and they're probably like, oh, that's so disrespectful. And I'm like, I don't think you understand how much he would love yeah. it. He wouldn't have it any other way. No, he wouldn't. Yeah. First one to draw blood every day. If he could get a mom joke in on me, he was getting it in and then doing that damn chicken dance that he would do. Yeah. So we ended up, Troop 2 got Scotty and those guys after um, we had Carl Schneider. Hot Carl. And, uh, yeah, I know Carl pretty good. You know, I did a deployment with him and, uh, you know, the workup prior to and everything. But, dude, you know, whether good or bad, those two dudes couldn't be more opposite of each other, you know. So when when Scotty got to us, dude, he was getting it from from everybody in Troop 2. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. But of all, you know, Mike, Mike's been in A15 before. You know, there are a bunch of you dudes have been in the crifts and stuff. And I don't know what it was about Scotty, but, dude, he freaking took it in the nose, like, day one. And I felt like sometimes, man, I would look at him, because, you know, I was in a leadership position. So, you know, if in the official capacity, I couldn't really bust a dude's balls. He was, he was at E8 as well. So I didn't want to be a weirdo when, you know, first impressions and stuff. But, dude, I would look at his face when, when <laughs> dudes would be busting his balls. And he was, like, looking at them in, like, amazement. Like, like, why are you doing this to me? And before he could even figure it out, you know, he's over there looking at someone else that's knocking him as well, you know. Uh-oh. Jimmy just dropped off. Well, uh, hopefully he'll get back in here. <laughs> I can see that too, because <clears throat> we'll, we'll wait till he gets back in here to continue that. I, I was just thinking, like, you know, he was always real big into. He always said, like, "Hey, I just want to look cool," right? I, he said that all the time. Oh, I want to look cool, and so that was something else that that cracked me up about him was. Mike, I'm sure you remember. Okay, so I'll I'll out myself here. The, you know, our first trip to go to the rappel tower, everybody started busting my balls because I was pulling all my shit out of my kit bag and I had elbow pads. <laughs> and so everybody just <laughs> Yeah, I heard I you know, <laughs> they made fun of me for forever about that. But it was great because the the second I could turn attention away from myself, the first time we had all put our kid on to go run drills <clears throat> and Scott had gone out to Lowe's and bought these really high end calipers, like for measuring the diameter of ordnance and had them tucked in. I mean, he was like really proud of that shit too. He's like, oh, I got them right here. So, you know, if I have to go measure something, I got my calipers right here. <laughs> I was like, there's my chance. Nobody's going to, everybody's going to forget about my elbow pads and we're just going to start busting Scott's balls about his stupid caliper. I still remember the elbow pads to, to the point where every time I see elbow pads, I still remember the shit we gave you at the tower that day. <laughs> well, that's something I've never forgotten. So, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> the best thing was when Taylor went to, um, went to Hearst Castmaster. He went to the rappel tower his first day. That was where this kind of practical joke war, I think started because Scott had stenciled a, 
a big blaze orange uh, phallus and accompaniment dangling balls right there on his helmet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, such good. Speaking times. of the training unit, I remember we were running a drill out there and I think it was a mine strike drill and it was one of those sheds down there towards the, you know, the, the small range down, down towards that road. And, and Scott was P one and he was, he was out there on the trail on a little path. And I just remember him. I remember him screaming and I just remember him turning around and running back to me full speed and it just cussing up a storm. And I thought it was part of the drill. And I thought, man, and I'm, I'm like, and I'm looking at the instructor. I can't remember who it was. And I'm like, what, what the hell's going on? And he's like, there's a mouse up there. I'm not, uh, no more. Fuck this. I'm not doing any more of this. I am done. You got this from here on out. I'm not doing any more. There's a mouse down there. I quit. I'm not doing any more of this drill. And I was like, are you, are you serious, dude? It's a mouse. Finish the drill. No, I am not doing any goddamn more of this drill. Screw this. You do it. <laughs> I thought it was like a, you know, like a dive refusal on a dive job or something. I'm like, okay, what, what is this? What are we trying to do here? What kind of Mickey Mouse world crap are we doing? Uh, no, yeah, pun intended. But, you know, I'm like, Scott, seriously, knock it the hell off. Get in there and finish the drill. No, I'm serious. I'm not doing any more. And so I, <laughs> I had to go down there and finish the rest of the drill. Cause, and there was a mouse down there. It was, you know, down in one of those little holes. And he was scared shitless of mice. And we get to Habania. And you know how, like, you have, like, nose art on the side of the bombers, you know, every time they would do a mission well, on Habania, they had like nose art every time they would kill a mouse because there was a shit ton of mice in Habania all over the place. And as soon as we got there and he looked on like the certain rooms on the plywood, they had little outlines of, of mice as nose art on how many mice had been killed in that room. And I was like, Oh, here we go. This is a house of horrors for Scott Dayton. Here we go. <laughs> And the other yeah. thing was, man, I remember, you know, because it's it's funny that you know, the dude loved jumping, but he hated diving. Because I remember diving with him on a limpet search, you know, one of another one of the two two drills, and that dude could suck down twin eighties on like a twenty foot, you know, I don't even think we went. It was on the freaking Del Monte, but he he could suck twin eighties down to like you know five hundred psi on a twenty foot, you know one side of the hall Del Monte limpet search. He just did not want to be on that. <laughs> and I'd have like maybe 1700 and he'd be at 500. He's like, Oh, I had to have a leak. I have a leak somewhere. I, I, yeah. There's gotta be a leak in this thing. I'm like, yeah. Okay, dude, whatever. Pretty sure there wasn't, you didn't see a mouse down there or something. <laughs> He's good at sucking stuff down quick. So- <laughs> you got, <laughs> Like a couple of people's moms that I know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. I, I might add that there's somebody in this group that is also very uh, not fond of rodents and and insects and arachnids. Oh, Mike. <laughs> Fine with mice. Uh, spiders can uh, 
they, they can suck it. <laughs> not my jam. Yeah, I, I'm not a spider guy. I mean, I just kill them, but uh, not a fan either. I'll tell you what, uh, when I was in Afghanistan, it was my, my 31st birthday, and I was, I was asleep. It's like 3 in the morning, and I hear all the, the dudes from the platoon out, out there like giggling and stuff. I'm like, what the hell are they doing out there? They were hanging, you know, Troy was there. And finally, uh, Troy's like banging on my door and he's like, he's like, Trevor, there's a, there's an IED at the front gate. We have to go get it. And I was like, what? And I opened the door and just got football tackled into my room. And uh, I was secured to a backboard and they had a, bag of camel spiders that they dumped out on top of me and i couldn't move i was like oh my god this is i was like i'm gonna have to get these guys back so fucking bad when i get free so eventually i did one of the, <laughs> it was like a tom clancy book or something i had to wait and do it one at a time and just <laughs> something messed up to every one of them <laughs> oh man well i tell you what <clears throat> Something else I wanted to talk about too was, I think we did him proud too. Uh, you know when oh, we yeah. went out when we went out and toasted him that night. That was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew this was going to come up in the talk. <laughs> yeah, and we don't. And and just to preserve Mike's dignity, we'll we'll say it was somebody else. Some things that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Your smile looks beautiful, though. By the way. It does. It really does. It's funny because that's my my picture of him whenever Mike calls me. <laughs> oh, man. The guy missing his, both his front teeth. <laughs> I seemed pretty pleased. Alice, Alice was so mad at me because I had flown home, remember? I was still yeah. on deployment. And, uh, and you guys were like, meet us out at the bar now. So I landed dropped my suitcase off, gave my wife and my kids a kiss and went straight out, out to the bar to meet you guys. And then fast forward through the nights. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> we all jumped into that van. Remember who had the van? Uh, Jimmy had the van. He, he ordered the Uber. Remember? And we just dove into it. Went back to my house three in the morning and I'm yelling, Alice, it's okay. My wife's a nurse, Alice. And she comes down she's like, you motherfuckers. I knew it was going to happen. I was like, I need you to look at Mike's teeth in Johnny's eye. <laughs> and then she came downstairs and she's like, crikey. <laughs> Go outside. Go in the back. Y'all get. I, I remember that too. Cause uh, it was, I just, I forget who it was. Came up to me. I was like, where's Terry. And I was like, I don't know. I haven't seen him in like two hours. <laughs> I guess he had eventually had gotten home somehow, but yeah. Oh man, that was so much fun. Like we, we someone <laughs> pissed all over my couch. <laughs> Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Mark's old. His bladder couldn't hold. Luckily Hudson let me borrow his uh, Ninja Turtle blanket. <laughs> he made a diaper out of it. And... I'll never forget you looking up at me uh, and you're like, I lost my teeth. 
It was great because that's when I met Mike's girlfriend. Uh, he was on the phone with her. It was like three in the morning, and she's like, <laughs> he's like explaining to her what all happened. <laughs> and he's like, here, talk to Trevor. And and so I started. I was like, I don't know who is this. And <laughs> that's like, I tell you, man, I hope her life yeah. she'll never get back. <laughs> <laughs> But it was great because I, you know, woke up, I don't know, like eight or eight in the morning and I drove home and I see my wife and she's like, how was it? I was like, we had so much fun. Right. I was, it was like a kid coming back from fucking Chuck E. Cheese or something. I was like, we had such a good time. And uh, she goes, oh, I know Alice called me and told me about the good times that you guys had <laughs> and what happened so to her ripped my favorite shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened to their couch and boz and mark were fighting each other outside in the parking lot <laughs> <laughs> i remember we were trying to get the cops to tase boz and uh <laughs> so me and troy were were just kind of standing out there like i don't know what's going on and boz was like mouthing off to a cop and, and they started getting so we're like boz shut up shut up get out of here get and um, so after they got done, I was like, hey, you know, it'd be funny is if the next time if that guy even looks at you, just tase him. And uh, he goes, well, I will. And I was like, you won't do it. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so Troy goes, well, I was a cop for 10 years. And he's like, well, I'll give it to you and you can do it. And I looked at the cop and I was like, no balls. <laughs> <laughs> Boz does have a pretty tasteable face. <laughs> yes. That speech you gave at uh, his memorial at, at the Wave Church was awesome. It was just timed perfectly because everybody was sitting together and <clears throat> had been drinking already and, and everybody had black eyes and busted lips and everything. And you were like, yep, we did you right, Scott. <laughs> and everybody looks at us. Everyone's looking around like, what? Well, uh, my favorite part about that was uh, when I started walking up on the stage to speak, which I, w I thought was a testament to his character, right? I th what did they say? There must have been like that, that church holds like 2,500 people. And I think they, yeah. they said there was something like 1,600 people there. And I remember first, the first thing I remember is I walked up on the stairs and I started going out to the podium and everybody started laughing. Like, like they just knew, like, oh, okay, it's time to start laughing, right? Just, uh, even Kristen said that afterwards. She's like, yeah, I, you know, when you came up there, like, <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> so, and that was my, my, uh, I think that was like my opening line. I'm like, for those of you who know me, you know, whatever, for those of you that don't know me, what they're probably thinking is like, who the hell thought this was a good idea? <laughs> and uh oh man that, that was a good night man i th i think he definitely would have been proud of that too because then we went out to chicks and you know had some more fun i think we all scott scott always liked to wear his khakis without an undershirt and his top three ribbons because that was like his super he always wore those stupid v-neck t-shirts though too <laughs> but i remember we we all got uh we all got dressed and then we got there to chicks 
and I couldn't tell you how many people came up to me and, and we're looking at Tom and Harvey and they're like, which one's Tom and which one's Harvey? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Same mom, different dads. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was, that was a good time, man. Oh. Yeah. But I think about that, you know, I mean, I think that was a, a big thing for me when, when I kind of made the decision to get out. Cause I, I mean, I don't know, you guys are still active duty. You still see how things are, you know, for me personally, I just kind of had that, that feeling like, Hey, you know, I, I feel like one of the, the big things that drew me to this community and, and I knew drew Scott to that community was brotherhood. Right. That was, that was the thing that he was real big on. And it broke my heart, man, to kind of see that kind of fade away. And, and, you know, we didn't have that intention, intense mission focus anymore. And it seemed like a lot of the things that we thought were important and, and really were, um, you know, a lot of that stuff just kind of seemed to go by the wayside and, um, you know, that it hurt. <laughs> I hated it. Cause yeah. I, you know, I think about you guys and, and all the fun that we had and, and seeing that stuff go away. And I just said, well, you know, maybe there's something I can do from outside of all of this. Um, Cause I, I, you know, I used to hear those speeches from people, you need to stay in and make it better. And, and I'm like, you're what the hell are you talking about? You, you did that and you made it worse. And uh, I mean, this is just me doing my own veteran rant. I'm retired. Nobody can do anything to me anyways, but uh you know, so, so I did that. I got out. I started volunteering with the nonprofits. Mike and I started doing this and uh, it's been good, man. Like I, I think that, that people say like, what's your sense of purpose? And mine is, you know, that's what it is. Brotherhood. Um, Cause that was, that was the one thing that I think everybody knew him for more than yep. anything. Right. He, he loved being with the boys. He loved drinking beers with the boys and, Mike can attest to this because we would sit there and argue like cats and just like, you know, cats in heat during the daytime. But then, you know, we'd be like, fuck you. No, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. You're a bigger piece of shit. And then, you know, we'd be done for the day and Scott would go get a case of Coors Light or whatever. <laughs> we'd we'd <laughs> sit in there for another two hours and, and drink beers until it was time to go home. Definitely but, a big void, man. Definitely a big void after he passed. I uh, I struggled very hard afterwards for years because, you know, <clears throat> I came home from that deployment and his funeral was on Alice's 40th birthday. And uh, within two weeks, I had transferred to Spain and uh, <clears throat> sitting back. And, and, you know, I love the community, man, and, and I love the brotherhood, but not having that tight circle around me, you guys and being out in Spain and, and, and not being able to mourn with you guys and help Kristen and the kids out as much as I wanted to. It, it broke me pretty hard, man, for years. And, and, and now I'm pulling all the positive out of it. And I, I miss that motherfucker so much, man. Every time I go surfing and I think about him, I talk to him out on the water, you know, people probably think I'm a weird motherfucker, but I actually have conversations out loud with him. <laughs> yeah. I do too. Well, I I can tell you there hasn't been a day gone by in the the last almost five years that I haven't thought about him at least once. 
and uh i always <clears throat> you know whenever that that uh, puff daddy song i'll be missing you comes on i always just imagine him <laughs> sitting there doing his like terrible dance because he couldn't dance for shit but that wouldn't stop him <laughs> nope <laughs> yeah man and uh you know i think i gotta look i'm pretty sure i'm free on the 30th i think i'm gonna drive up there on his birthday and and see him again because that was what the the first time i had gone to see his grave after his funeral we were taking the boys up there to dc for spring break and I had stopped at the Bojangles in Fredericksburg and I got a couple of biscuits <laughs> and a giant box. Cause I remember that too. He would, he loved Bojangles and he would go out and get those he giant family meals and he would bring the box into work and go put it in Tim Thompson's <laughs> office. So Tim Thompson had like five or six of these giant Bojangles boxes. In there, but that's, that's what I did. I got him a, a biscuit and some strawberry jelly and put it in that box it was funny when I was at Bojangles. I was like, could I get two biscuits, some strawberry jelly? And so they gave it to me in a little bag. I was like, could you put it in one of those giant boxes? And <laughs> they were like, what? So I put the box in the backpack. <clears throat> and we go to Arlington. And I send the backpack through the x-ray machine. And the security guards are like, what the hell is that? And they open it up and <laughs> there's this giant Bojangles box there in my backpack. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I left that at his grave with his biscuit. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was a good night. Even before the night before his funeral, too, we had another good time. I think. Uh, yeah, we did. Saw like Chuck Hagel was at the bar right next to us giving a speech or something like that. And shit, that man. was a pretty sweet uh, cigar bar. You guys remember that? Oh yeah, going through the through the restaurants, and we showed up. Looking like EOD text too, with uh, plaid shirts and cool pants and boots, and they walked us through that like that black tie restaurant to the back to the elevator. Yeah, sent us up. That well, was uh, because we came down. That was Donald Rumsfeld that next evening that was speaking because they asked us to come up, and we we're like, "Not nah, tonight, Scott's night, man." We're here with Kristen and the kids and the family and and celebrating him. I was like, we were up there last night, and he was like. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rumsfeld's like, how the hell did you guys get up there? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I was thinking about, you know, that, that next day to the, the funeral, <clears throat> so many people had showed up that at the end we were all there tacking our, our pens into his, his casket. And I, I got a picture of it. There must've been at least 250 or 300 of those things and there was still a huge yeah. line of people and the people at arlington yeah. were like hey you guys got to hurry up we got more funeral and you know it's kind of shitty because it's like hey dude we're saying yeah. goodbye to our friend here you have five or six hundred people that show up to to see him into the next life and you're worried about you know and uh so finally rick hofer was like hey you know what if if you knew scott get in the front if you didn't um you know, kind of let everybody else in front of you because we want to make sure that the people who knew them got, you know, got the chance to tack their stuff in. And uh, Mike and I had a guy on here. David Galooch was a EOD officer over there at Moena too. He was talking about that too. He's like, you know what, Scott was one of the guys that kind of, 
I think about like when I, you know, he's running for Congress now, you know, he said that too, like that, that dude just exuded, uh, exuded like that, those qualities of like brotherhood and, and, you know, being together with people and, uh, yeah, man, I miss him. Yeah, I do too. You guys remember how cold it was that day? Yeah. Man, I remember. Freezing. Well, Troy, Troy gave his peacoat to Cole cause he was, he was so cold. So Troy took it off and, and gave it to him. And I think he, one of the things that I, that always rung out to me that I remembered was what, what Rick Hofer said is like the, the reason that losing him was so hard was because, you know, all of us, our generation, the guys who had done all the back-to-back deployments and, and went out and got it, you know, we just, you know, we thought we'd all made it. Yeah. And uh, I think that was kind of our reminder of like, hey, man, nothing's certain in life because that was that was going to be his last deployment. And he was going to come home and and take the, you know, the N8 job and probably retire after that. And <clears throat> not not to be anymore. <laughs> I hate to sound all Debbie Downer, too, now, because <laughs> we're here to. We're, we're here to celebrate his birthday. So, but yeah, this, this, I mean, this will come out on his birthday. I know his birthday is not for a few more weeks. So what are you guys going to do for his, for his, for, uh, on July 30th? Probably have a little bit of brown Check. water, have a few toasts. Yeah. Are you going to be overseas, Mike? No, no, I don't leave, uh, quite that early, but, uh, about two weeks after his birthday, I'll be gone. So you guys won't be here for the EOD, the memorial that they're building there at group two, will you? No, no, I'll be gone for that too. I'm excited to see that. Mike and I had Josh King on the show. Tommy, I can't believe you didn't know about First Sergeant Littletop. <laughs> Man, that's solid gold there. <laughs> I'll be in uh, San Diego actually on the 30th for a few weeks. Oh, nice. And then I'm going to take a week of leave down to Alabama to see my parents uh, before I head back out to Guam. So, And it's a Friday, so I'll be celebrating. Yes, it will. So I guess Mike and I will probably carpool up there. It's only an hour and a half, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah. That's what the that's what the VA says. They tried to get me an appointment up there, and uh, or yeah, yeah. It was it was the VA. I can't remember if it was the VA or my my life insurance thing. I'm trying to do. One of the, somebody was trying to convince me that going up there was a hour and a half trip. And I'm like, yeah, you're you're full of shit. I used to be. I used to work up in the U.S. Senate. It's not an hour and a half, but no. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll go up early. We'll stop in Fredericksburg unless there's a closer Bojangles. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because that's what Kristen and the kids do. They go, they get Bojangles, and they go have a picnic there at his gravesite. And uh, I thought, yeah, that's awesome, man. Go see some other good dudes up, Timmy Johns and Ben Christensen and, Chris Reed's up there too. Yep. Some of the other dudes, man, that was, that was another one. I, you know, losing the battle after the war, which, Mm -hmm. Hey, it's rough, man. Uh, you know, I I talked to my dad about that because, you know, he's to the age where all of his siblings are starting to pass away. And, and he says, you know, it's, it's funny. I sit here and talk about this, but he's like, you've been to more funerals than I have. And, and I'm like, yeah. And it's funny too, because Scott and I went to, you know, 
a ton of funerals together. As soon as we got out of school, um, there was a Marine that we were in school with John Phillips, you know, graduated, went and deployed and, you know, he had gotten hit by an IED and I think like March or something. And he held on for five months. He ended up passing away in August. And I remember we went down, that was the first funeral that me and him had gone to together uh, after we had graduated school. Well, no, it wasn't because uh, we, we went to the one out in San Diego uh, for the, the guy at Moby in at three uh, that had passed away too. But <laughs> of course the last one we went to together was his. So <clears throat> I hate to do it. I hate to go to those things, but I also realize the importance of it. Yeah, it's hard to believe like Nick Knoll, it'll be 10 years. He's yeah. been gone yeah. this August. Yeah. Scott's. And, I mean, he's buried <clears throat> 75 yards from my mom in Parkersburg. I remember him when he was talking about, he was talking about getting out and he's, you know, I'm like, God, Nick, why the hell you want to go back to our hometown? That place sucks. There's nothing to do back there. I'm like, stay in. It's, this is so much better than going back there. And he's like, ah, you know, I get a, I get a job working with my dad, being a pipe fitter. And I'm like, yeah, but God, West Virginia, there's just nothing there, man. I'm like, we got a good thing going here, you know, just, stick it out, stay, stay with it. You're doing so well, you know, and he was talking about, yeah, I'm thinking about going over to damn neck and, and doing that. And I'm like, yeah, dude, do that. Go over there. You know, Taylor was going over there at the same time. They, they, they both went over to the green team and screen at the same time. And I was like, yeah, just, just do the basic shit very well. That's all you got to do. Do basic shit very well. You'll be good to go. I think he went over there and I think his first parachute jump, he had a malfunction. He had a, he had a cutaway. And uh, I was like, well, statistically, Nick, you should be good for what? The next few hundred times, man, you ought to be good to go, man. Don't worry about it. Got that one out of the way. Uh, but yeah. And he, I can remember I was up in Chicago at, a in uh great lakes for my sister's uh, boyfriend's son's graduation at great lakes. And I, it was, you know, that day I got a phone call about that one. And I, and I remember, I can remember them saying that the bird went down and I was like, well, you know, what are you, are you guys on there? And they were like, yeah, of course. And I was like, well, where are the names? And I didn't know Craig and Craig's name was type first. And then it Nick's came across as the second one. I was like, no way, but yeah, it's hard to believe 10 years. Yeah. And it's, I mean, this is five years since, since Scott passed away and yep. uh, yeah. Yeah. Crazy shit, man. But um obviously we were we were <laughs> yeah close as we were I, I still you know cherish the fact that his wife uh asked me to come out Kristen asked me to come out and and lead the toast whenever it's there so i figured uh we're getting here on time so let me grab my whiskey and uh we'll end it with his toast so you guys need to grab a drink yeah let me grab one let me go on uh, i'll pause this stop same. All right. So Same. Mike, Mike and I are going to do this right. <laughs> and other Mike and Tom are going to have, what is that? Like a crisp, refreshing bubbly. Yeah. Dan Pellegrino. Oh, okay. Cool. I mean, wild strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. a hint of lavender. What do you got, Mike? Jack Daniels. Okay. I got bookers. So it's funny because this Booker's here. You know how I got this bottle of Booker's? Don Jilson 
Huh? Under a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> Not too far from that. Don yeah. Jilson asked me to officiate his wedding for him. I'm like, are you sure? Like you don't, there's not like a better option like that homeless guy over there or <laughs> like nah brother i want you to do it and i was like all right i would be honored so he gave me this bottle of bookers as this tribute so we'll go ahead and end this uh this toast to to our good friend that we we love so much and miss and former teammate and dad and husband and uh terrible dancer and uh we could throw another story in there about the fight where Tom had to come save his ass. Um, and he scratched his retina. <laughs> that, was, that was my and favorite. Like pink eye too. That was really gross. Yeah. I don't know. I, we, we, I just remember the text string. We had all kinds of alternative <laughs> yeah. theories for what happened to his eye. Cause it was all red. And we're like, <laughs> well, well, it was I remember oh, the next day he was, I was like, where are you? He's like at the emergency room. I was like, what happened? Like that motherfucker scratched my retina. I was like, man, what a pussy. You're lucky I was there to help you. <laughs> what was that shitty little sports bar in Blackstone? I remember him and Matt McCord fighting some oh, idiot God. rednecks up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the only restaurant. And well, there's that in the Mexican restaurant. But and yeah. then, uh, of course, there's Farmville too, which I don't even know what the statute of limitations on on some shit we did in Farmville. So that's true. Yeah, we probably, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right, guys. Well, here we go. Toasting to our good friend, Scotty Dayton up to it, down to it, down to it. Fuck those who can't do it. Who can't do it. We do it. We do it. Cause we're motherfucking used to it. Fucking used to it. Now tap my glass and drink all that shit. Cheers, Scotty. Happy birthday, Cheers, buddy. brother. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, bro. We, we love, love you. you. We love you and we miss you. Thank you for listening to the Get to Vet podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and follow us on LinkedIn. If you'd like to come on the show, email us at Mike or Trevor at gettovet.net. That's get the number two vet.net. And let us help you get to vet.